0: Welcome to the Disenfranchised Podcast, where that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, and joining me, as always, uh, the man who insists on no names, and that's why we call him Tucker. Hey, Tucker.
1: Hi, Stephen. How we doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good, good. despite my, my obvious vocal change i assure you it is me it is all right it's me you
0: you just sound you know like a grown-up now which is weird it's so unlike you
1: i know it's wild Uh, i don't know how i feel about it to be honest with you ask me what movie we're watching
0: Uh, hold on but before i do that i do need i do need to note that 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 brett wright um opened the package. So uh he is he is not with us right now. Uh he straight wish him up got not-
1: transported.
0: Right. He <laughs> just got transported right off the podcast this week. We we hope for his speedy return in the in the weeks to come. Uh, but um we uh we lost a we lost a good one this past week, Tucker um, we lost the uh, – I'm amazed that you have no context for this. We-
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to take your word for it, Steven, because I don't know who the fuck that dude was. Like RIP for sure, but I have no idea who that guy was outside I of I mean movie.
0: he's he's also the best part of this movie. I will say that. But we, we will have <laughs> yeah. many more opportunities to come. We could have parlayed this into just a Ray Stevenson month, but we did lose the Ooh! great Ray Stevenson this week. Oh, Yeah he's he's just a great that guy heavy like he just comes in he plays the heavy he you you probably most people probably know him best as volstag from the the thor movies oh. uh the, you know the the fat warrior from the warriors three hangs out with okay, josh I saw lucas those, zachary levi I saw those movies the other when day. they
1: came out and i have not seen them since
0: um but so yeah he's me. he's he's in he's in a few of those he's but uh, we we have many opportunities to cover him. He was in the Anton Fuqua uh King Arthur movie, he was in uh the Paul W. S. Anderson Three Musketeers movie, um, he was in Punisher Warzone, um, directed by Lexi Alexander, who has blocked me on Twitter for following a a film uh critic. Um oh. I didn't I've never engaged with her ever. Didn't even follow her, but I I I got blocked by her. So
1: that's just yeah. how it goes sometimes.
0: And then um he He was also in um oh what was that other movie that he did that we could cover um there was another one too but but we we put everything in a randomizer and we hit spin and uh what came up was the transporter refueled from two thousand fifteen
1: it's uh it's a stupid movie starring ugly people with bad teeth
0: I mean it does take place in England, so do that's that what you my will.
1: complete that's my complete review right there
0: it is uh <laughs> the 2015 reboot of the transporter series we'll get into that um but uh it stars ed screen uh or scrying screen Skry- Sk- i think it's screen s-k-r-e-i-n um Loan chabanal uh ray stevenson uh len Krujowski, sorry and a bunch Wright. of
1: other people you've never heard of
0: yeah i mean it's 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 a it's a the the people in this movie are so forgettable that when you they reintroduce the villains in the modern day they have to show you who they were in the opening segment because they know you're going to forget them
1: that's when i was done with it because only one other movie has done that to me which has treated me that fucking stupid is perfect stranger with uh with halle berry and bruce willis and Mm. uh 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 uh, uh, what's the kid's name uh oh gosh giovanni rubisi
0: giovanni rubisi yeah
1: yes they did that i walked out of that movie because they did that because i've never happened Mm -hmm. and then five minutes later they reference it and so they do a whole flashback to something that happened five minutes ago steven and i just walked out i was like no no you're not gonna treat me this way peace And then this movie did that, and I just got PTSD about it all over again. Like, I've
0: never walked out of a movie, but there is one Mm. movie that we will eventually cover on this podcast Mm. where I got really damn close, but I stuck it out, and I'm I can't say I'm glad I did. Um, but yeah, so, uh, no, we are where, yeah, it absolutely does that. It, it, and the way that it shows you that they're older, it gives them. It takes off their wigs. It gives them really bad wigs when they're younger and then it removes those. Or in the case of the female, the main female character uh, gives her a more different, less awful wig.
1: Oh, Um, yeah. It's been it's been 20 years, but but we haven't aged at all. Our hair mm -hmm. is just different.
0: One of the characters ages and it is the girl that is clearly underaged in the first scene. And she's now an adult. Um, but she's the only character that is played by a different actress. Um, everyone else is played exactly the same at exactly the same age. We're doing nothing other than giving us, you know, different hair to indicate that there is anything wrong. And the main girl, you tell, you can tell it's the main girl right away because she's actually lit in the scene. None of the other girls are lit at all like they may have like you know some general lighting on them but this this girl has got star lighting on her so you can tell as soon as she walks up oh oh she's lit differently she must be the female lead of the movie
1: it truly <sighs> is a film for idiots it that's
0: kind of the, is
1: the director thinks the director thinks you are stupid
0: this director so this film it was released in 2015 it's directed by it camille out. camille de la Marais. Uh, who is a, uh, a French, I believe, French editor, um, but he is he's best known as an editor. He's only directed a handful of movies. This is his third, second, second feature movie after a film called Brick Mansions, um, which I know nothing about. But he is he's a Luc Besson guy. Um, oh, yeah. Brick Mansion starring Paul Walker and the RZA. So do with that what you will um uh, but he's he's mostly known as a film editor uh prior to that but he had been like he and it it mostly action movies transporter 3 22 bullets uh Columbiana, that movie that was supposed to have been what the sequel to um the the professional was uh, yeah uh taken 2 lockout like he's just he He's he's predominantly an action film editor and then manages to parlay that into a middling directing career where he directs shitty action movies, he directs garbage, including the second film or the fourth film in the uh, Transporter franchise. Tucker, do you have any familiarity whatsoever with the Transporter franchise?
1: Well, yeah, I've seen I know I've seen the first one a few times mm-hmm. um, because that movie was a lot of fun. Mm hmm. Uh, and when that movie came out the people that I surrounded myself with not out of choice but because they were the only people around Mm
0: -hmm. no offense
1: to any of them they were great people just not normally the type of people I would have hung out at that time in my life sure Um, they were into that kind of thing and so I saw it a few times and it was impressive Uh, Jason Statham I think really has a knack for playing those kind of characters and when it's written well enough and the action is done well enough it can be a really good time and that first transporter movie is a whole lot of fun Mm -hmm. um i'm i think i've seen one of the sequels but it's been so long that i don't remember anything about it i'm just pretty sure i've seen one of the sequels um also his character pops up in collateral
0: allegedly
1: oh that's steven it's him
0: okay Yeah, because Louis Leterrier says it's him.
1: Believe me, Michael Mann
0: is not creating a crossover. Michael Mann could give two shits about the transporter. I I Michael Mann
1: is not creating a crossover, but he's he's winking to people who can enjoy both highbrow and lowbrow versions of the same type of entertainment because he respects us, Stephen, unlike the director of this movie, who does not respect us at all. at all <laughs> how i'm supposed to believe that this guy either used to be or at one time will become jason statham how i'm supposed to believe that
0: you're when not because you it's fixed? it's it's the same character that is it. it's the same character played by it's it's a james bond thing we're rebooting That's, it again
1: no fuck that that may work with james bond because james bond is a stupid movies made for idiots too hot take um I don't so, disagree.
0: <laughs> I, I, having watched every movie in that franchise, I don't disagree.
1: God, I hate all of those movies. I um, don't
0: hate all of them. There are some of them I really enjoy, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like they're highbrow entertainment.
1: I feel like they could have made this same movie, even called it Transporter Refueled, and made it like a spinoff or a spiritual sequel, and not made it the same character. Probably. And I'll bet but, it probably would have done better because a lot that, of I don't the know people, about I.
0: It's still going to have all man, the same problems, man.
1: I'm just saying that more people – I think people would have been more willing to give it a chance um, if it had been a different character because you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is the same guy. We're rebooting it, but this is Jason Statham, but it's this skinny dude with teeth poking out from Game of Thrones from, like, one episode of Game of Thrones. Here he is. He quit Game of Thrones for this garbage, by the way. I, I believe it.
0: Well, again, this was supposed to be relaunch the the franchise. He was Oddly. this was supposed to be his his um his big break, like his big film debut. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, i check my notes here. And that didn't happen.
1: You know what this is? This is a bunch of nerdy dudes trying to act tough and cool. Like, every cool face that anybody makes is so put on. Mm -hmm. Like, all the acting in this movie is acting. You know what you're supposed to do when you're acting, Steven? You're supposed to act like you're not acting. In this movie, they're just like, hey, you want to see some acting? Here it is. You'll know it because it looks like acting.
0: Again, I I think the person that comes off best here is Ray Stevenson, who plays...
1: He's charming as hell. He's he in a is. different movie altogether. Like, he I don't know is, where the fuck he is in this movie.
0: He's, he is James Bond in this movie. He is playing James Bond. If ever an actor auditioned in another movie to play James Bond, it's Ray Stevenson in this movie. Because he is absolutely playing, like, a Roger Moore-style James yeah. Bond character. Absolutely. Like, he, and they give him the shittiest dialogue, and he manages to pull it off. And I don't know how the fuck... He does it see, that's the
1: that's the key to a good James Bond, Stephen, is to be like offensively sexist. But we still like you. And that's who he was in this movie. Absolutely. There's there's a the women in this movie
0: are this this movie is (laughs) first of all, this movie is misogynistic as fuck.
1: They really want those women to come off as empowered, though, but it does not work. No. It's just even more sexist.
0: (laughs) Because you manage to... I mean, they're 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 all hypersexual, all of them oh hypersexualized. But then you dress them all interchangeably, so for most yep. of the movie, you can't tell any two of them apart from each other because they're all wearing Why the same dress, matter, right? same wigs, and and dark glasses. So yep. like, you can't see any of their distinguishing features for most of the movie by design that is the way this movie is is constructed um and so and then when they do take off their their um their costumes and you see that they are different women um they all behave very much the same way which is horny as fuck um yeah. like ray stevenson's character he's he's been kidnapped by these women and is so fucking charming that he has a three way with two of them yes Yes, And, and it, it, these, these women are um, women who have been sold into, into sex slavery, so they have every reason to not want to sleep with a, with a man, and yet that's how they're empowered is they, they sleep with Ray Stevenson because he's so damn charming. Um, uh. And then when they die, their deaths have no, no uh, emotional impact because they all look exactly the fucking same. Um, it, it's, it's fucking terrible. And, and with the exception of the final girl, they all die like the the main character that we, this, the main female character we discussed at the beginning, they all die in a very like anonymous, just kind of they're shot and dead kind of way. I think the 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 girl from the Pyrenees, like they really want us to know that she's from Basque country because they mention it like 10 times in this fucking movie. Um, but like, they really want you to know that's where she's from, from the Pyrenees, you see. Um, she gets more of an emotional send off because that was the one that Ray Stevenson's character had connected with a little more. But it, like, doesn't work because that's literally all we know about her character is that he's enamored of her and she's from the Basque country. That's it. That's all we know.
1: I That's me for the whole movie. I don't really know what was going on half this movie. Oh, me like, neither. I guess, like, this, the plot in 60 is just going to be a huge fuck mess because I really, I'm not sure what happened in this movie.
0: Me neither. And I, it's one of those plots that's needlessly convoluted. Like just blatantly, needlessly convoluted because that means that we're smart. Like it really wants you to think that the movie really wants you to think that it's very, very smart.
1: Well, that's um, part of treating people like they're stupid, Steven, is acting like you're smart.
0: Right. You're you're that's the smartest one part in the room. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this movie does not earn that reputation of being the smartest one in the room yeah. at all. They are um aggressively dumb. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with it. I mean, this movie is it's not it's misogynistic as fuck. It doesn't like tra- respect or trust its audience. Um and the only actor that really comes off well at all does so because he's the only actor who really knows what he's doing. Um he's the only actor who's an actual actor.
1: Yeah. And like I said, he's not he's not in this movie. He's in a different movie. Yeah. Like everybody else is in this movie. And he's fucking killing it in some other movie, but somehow mm-hmm. his performance got transported into this movie. Somehow, we don't know how. Right. Of course, it's not enough to save it. Not mm. enough to save it. In fact, no. his amazing performance makes this movie worse. <laughs> because it's so good. It's so,
0: he is so good. The rest of the movie cannot figure out how to get on his wavelength. Like, he just comes in and he fucking knocks it. Like, there's a scene. Where he's he's been kidnapped by these women and the other the, the other you know nameless faceless women all come in <laughs> looking exactly the same and they've got these very obviously fake blonde wigs on like you could tell from a thousand yards away this these women are wearing fake blonde wigs and they start taking their wigs off and he he his line is oh darn I thought you were a natural blondes and he manages to say it in a way that is like both genuine and sarcastic as hell at the exact same time. And it's, I'm like, I don't know how you pull off that line with these costumes, but he did. And he does it. So, and and then again, that's, that's where it clicked for me. Oh, he's Roger Moore. He's Roger Moore, James Bond in this very shit. And that's, it This movie gave me echoes of like other better movies where you've got like a father and son in the same profession pairing up like an Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade or a Austin Powers and Goldmember kind of situation where you've got these like kind of, um, I guess, uh, kind of elder statesman actors coming into this franchise later in the game and kind of like bringing up this character that was clearly inspired by them. And f- this i mean you get sean connery who was james bond playing opposite indiana jones who was basically george lucas's pulp james bond because steven spielberg was never going to get to direct a james bond movie and then you get like um, michael caine in uh who played uh you know a super spy in the Ipsen or um I Ip- Ips files and, and things like that like playing the you know the elder statesman to um uh, uh Mike Myers, very obviously goofy James Bond parody. And you, when you have Ray Stevenson show up in this, it's like taking all of those like nineties gangster roles that he played in England, like in shit like layer cake and whatnot. And like, that's basically the role he's playing here, except he's, he's putting just enough like smooth debonair James Bond shit on it that he sells it really, really well.
1: Yeah. Um. It- it sucks that that performance was wasted on this movie.
0: It kind of does. But, but it's the only thing that I find redemptive about this movie. Um, It's the only thing that redeems this movie. Like, this movie is forgettable as hell. Like, I I watched this movie last night. Was I under the influence of some substances? Yes, I was. Uh, do I remember anything about this movie, though? I, I mean, it helped a lot. Um, I don't no. remember a damn thing about this movie outside of what Ray Stevenson is doing and the horrible way that it treats the females in this movie. Uh, like, yeah. It's. It's really. It, and, and it's a testament to who Stevenson is in, as an actor. And he might not have always been in the best films, but he's at least doing good work in them, which is why I like him so much. Like he's in one of the later seasons of Dexter, like after Dexter kind of becomes shitty and goes off the rails. I think he's in like the second to last season of Dexter. And he's really good. I don't remember at,
1: his character in that. He's like the big bad in
0: that season, like in that second uh, to last season of Dexter. He's like the big bad and he's really good. But he plays like a like a British gangster. Like, that's kind of I don't remember much.
1: I don't remember much after the Trinity Killer, though. I did watch all of those. seasons because most Def was in one of those last couple seasons.
0: Yeah, he was in the one with Edward James Olmos. And then you've got there was another one with um, Julia Stiles. And then Mm -hmm. there's one. Oh, yeah. I forgot about her. And then you get there's yeah. Ray, Ray Stevenson and uh, Yvonne from uh, Chuck Yvonne Strakowski or whatever her name is. She was in mm. uh, that season as well. And then and then the last season, which I watched maybe two episodes of, and I went, nope, I'm 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 walking away. Like because I I made that bargain with myself after Lost ended. If I don't, if I stop enjoying a show, I'm give myself permission to walk away. And that's when I walked away from Dexter. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I didn't I didn't catch that last season, but after hearing what that last season was about and what the the reboot series was was about, I kind of glad I didn't, <laughs> honestly.
1: I liked I liked the the reboot series. I thought was good for the most part. There was some questionable things in it that were reminiscent of the bad writing of the final season of the original series, but overall the reboot was i i enjoyed that's how i discovered yellow jackets mm. the only the only time that i subscribed to showtime is when there's a new season of dexter so in between the last season of dexter and new blood i had not subscribed to showtime at sure. all you didn't so subscribe for, to showtime
0: you didn't subscribe for twin peaks the return
1: oh i guess i did
0: because i did watch I that way there you would have you would have had to yeah
1: yeah and then i i purchased that as well um so, okay, yeah, I'll, I take that back. The one time I subscribed to Showtime between the end of Dexter and the reboot was for Twin Peaks to return. Um, but I, I signed up for Showtime for Dexter New Blood, and there was Yellow Jackets. And now that's a thing that's in my life. Mm-hmm. So now I have another reason to give Showtime money for like three months out of every year. There you go.
0: I mean, you, plus they be just... having
1: some good movies, and they they brought their app broadcasts in 4K, so that's nice, that which is, is nice. nice. Yeah, that's how I got to see Pearl in 4K. Pearl, what I Showtime mean, because there's
0: app. there's not a 4K release of Pearl, which pisses me the fuck off. Which
1: is a stupid. So Correct. stupid. The movies that are out of God told me to is on 4K. Mm-hmm. Do we need a 4K? God told me to. No. Am I glad we have one? Yes. We don't need one when movies like Pearl don't have a 4K. What the fuck?
0: Right. I f- it was I like feel bringing same- out
1: the dead. What the fuck?
0: I f- I feel the, the same way about Nine of the Living like, Dead. God Does Nine of the Living Dead need a 4K release? No, it no. doesn't need one. But am I glad that we looks have great, it? It great, though. Absolutely. It's so fucking <laughs> it good. It looks really, really it good. It looks <laughs> so fucking good. It's beautiful. It's so fucking gorgeous. Um, yeah. But uh, So my history with the Transporter franchise. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't yeah, have please. one. Um, I Wait. know this this the first movie came out in 2002, which is the year after BMW Films started releasing uh, a series of short films as commercials called The Hire, which I was talking to you briefly about before we started recording. And you don't know The Hire.
1: And the I 1st time hearing of it.
0: I think you would really dig The Hire. So it's a series of eight short films that basically function as Commercials for BMW cars um, and they don't really hide that. That's what they are. But Clive Owen is the lead in all of these. Oh, nice. and he, <laughs> he plays a character called the driver and his thing is he, 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 dri- he transports just he like drives. a transporter. Yeah. He drives. Okay, yeah. Transporter transports, the driver drives. Um, and it's, it's almost the exact same conceit um, as, as this franchise. Um, but each short is directed by, like, another auteur. Um, and, and the casts are incredible. So you've got John Frankenheimer, Ang Lee, uh, Wong Kar Wai, oh, nice. Guy Ritchie, Alexa- nice. uh, Alejandro uh, Gonzalez and Yuritu, John Woo, um, Joe Carnahan, which, um, okay, uh, and Tony Scott. Um, oh nice all, all doing these movies and then Neil Blomkamp does does a, a belated one In 2016 Um, But like these great directors and then For the cast you've got people like Forrest Whitaker and Mickey Rourke uh Adriana oh, yeah. Lima, Madonna uh, Stellan Skarsgård Lois Smith, Maury Chaykin Maury fucking Chaykin, uh Don Cheadle, F. Murray Abraham Ray Liotta, Clifton Powell Dennis Haysbert, Robert Patrick James Brown, Gary Oldman, Danny Trejo, um Dakota Fanning, John Bernthal, Vera Farmiga, like absolutely top shelf talent and these for for what are effectively BMW commercials and they're great. There are a lot of you could probably find most of them on the internet streaming somewhere. But they are Ops. they're really fun. Um and like I can't help but think like I, I cuz I, I had asked you before we started like what is the like what is the connection between this series and this franchise and the um and the higher and you're like I don't know what the higher is so I was like well okay now we've got to like talk about that but
1: they're all on YouTube by the way
0: okay well there you go I would recommend that you watch all of them because they are so good okay.
1: I will save this playlist.
0: Yeah, definitely do. Um, yeah, it's it. They're so they're so fun. Um, and like some of them are. Li- and again, because different, you've got a ton of different filmmakers. Like they're different styles, different genres, different, and and everything changes with the exception of the main character, and he's driving a BMW. Whereas this movie has Audi as kind of their sponsor, but it's the transporter is like the hire, but with with Audi cars and their feature length. Like that, that seems to be the difference, but they're like these little mini action movies that are basically fronting as car commercial or car commercials fronting as action movies. And they're great.
1: I'm into that. I, I, uh, see, I had a feeling you'd not, be in on the higher. I do not have a problem with advertising. I grew up with commercials on TV. I
0: mean, we grew it's up in the 80s, me. man,
1: Just through commercials. Unlike, People these days that will bitch if there's one thirty second ad in their two hour movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: we're used to it, man. We grew up with that shit. Yeah, I don't mind an ad, and I actually like a good ad. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot of them these days. Really good. Yeah. They're no, they're not. And the, I think the worst part about ads for me when it's something that's streaming mm-hmm. is it's like when I watch Beavis and Butthead on Paramount Plus, as you are wont to do. Uh, the pack, the package I have includes ads. Right. So about every 10 minutes or so, I I get a few ads and it's always the same Jimmy John's ad, Mm -hmm. the same one every time. It's like, what, how does that, you can't get more than one person to put an ad on the show or your algorithm is broken or what the thing about TV commercials back in the day is you get four or five of them. and they would repeat maybe once an hour you'd see the same one once every hour maybe i've seen the same commercial like back
0: to back to back like three times in a row
1: like
0: and that just and then and then you go to a different ad break and you see that one twice and then another one and you're just so happy to see a different ad that you don't even care what it's for like it just i don't know if they're just not able to get enough to sell enough ad space or what the deal is but like I remember like when I first started watching Tubi, I was seeing ads for like my favorite local coffee shop that is owned by like friends of mine. And they're like, oh, yeah, we we you can you can enjoy our coffee in our coffee mug. And I'm like, I know you. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you on Tubi? That's hilarious. And I even told him I was like, hey, I saw your ad on Tubi. He's like, that's great. What's Tubi? And I was like, well, let me tell you uh-huh. about Tubi.
1: Uh, yeah, Tubi does does seem to have a pretty good handle on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice. It's nice, especially when they can include local ads and stuff. Anytime that you're watching something streaming and there's an obviously local ad, I feel like that is a testament to how much they're putting into their ad selection and and how they present them to you. Unlike Paramount Plus, who's just like, "Hey, do you know, Jimmy John's has a new brownie." Hey, do you remember how we said Jimmy John's had a new brownie, but also Jimmy John's has a new brownie? Hey, do you know Jimmy John's has a new brownie? Hey, you heard about that new brownie at Jimmy John's? Have you heard the good news
0: about Jimmy John's and their brownie? (laughs)
1: Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior Jimmy John's brownie? (laughs) Do you know if you stack three of them, it counts as a sandwich? Did you know that? Because we've told you that 30 times in the last 20 minutes. Uh, I
0: mean, it's got all your basic food groups, right? So I don't
1: Chocolate, chocolate, and chocolate, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you, you got eggs and flour and, you know, butter, you know. You got, your, you got yeah. your food groups in there, man. Sure. Chocolate's a bean, so that's a vegetable. Like, I don't know, counts.
1: Yeah. Bitch, it's a legume. Get out of here. <laughs> vegetable, <laughs> fuck off.
0: I don't know, it's roughage. What, what do you want from me?
1: I don't know, man. I want to not have to talk about this movie ever again. That's what I want.
0: I mean, look—the the quicker we get through this, the 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 better. The ch- I wanted to, you know, I wanted to stop and talk about um the hire
1: for a little bit, so we did that. And yeah, I'm glad I did. I really am because I do want to look at those. Uh, now I, I think, think it's time should, for man. you. It's time for you to do the plot in 60 seconds, Stephen.
0: Uh, well, why don't we turn to the Canadian quarter of indifference there and have damn it damn decide damn it. for us? Because I, really I thought probably that was going to would- work. You were sober when you watched this movie so you probably remember it better than I do than I do so
1: oh, well see i was taking a cue from this film and i was treating you like an idiot and mm. thinking i could just tell you to do it and you'd just do it but boy no. was i wrong not going to do that if i don't lesson. have to transporter refueled more like a movie that sucks that's <laughs> all i got that's all i got i thought you were going to do so like i can't even
0: Transporter repooed or something. But no, you couldn't even do that. You couldn't even put that together. No,
1: it's so bad. I can't even come up with a good joke about it, Stephen. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Woof. OK, I'm going to flip this coin. All right. So while you do it, that. Man. Oh, you got to um, tell him about it. While huh?
0: you do that, the plot in 60 seconds is the part because we don't want to spend the entire podcast just going through beat for beat what this movie is. Um, we'll we'll hit the moments that that stood out to us, but we'll recount the plot of the film in 60 seconds or less. And to decide, we turn to our friend, the Canadian quarter of indifference, uh, which Tucker is going to flip while I whilst I call it in the air.
1: Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Heads. Damn it, Stephen! It's heads.
0: Oh. Which means I'm putting 60 seconds on the clock, and Tucker has to figure out what this movie was about. <laughs>
1: Which means you won the toss, which means you get to choose who does it. And if you had any heart, Stephen, I don't get an ounce of empathy. I don't. You take it upon yourself to tell. OK,
0: look, man, things are bad all, right. all over. Let me know when it's ready. Uh, I, I'm ready to begin when you are. I'll give you the 30 and the 10 second warnings as always
1: okay so there's this ugly guy with bad teeth and he drives cars for a living but he doesn't ask questions and he takes jobs and he has a dad who i guess did the same thing that's implied like he's like the second generation of transporter guys and so he meets this lady and she's like do a job and he's like okay because you know he doesn't ask questions he just says okay and then when he gets the job he's surprised that it's all wild and wacky. Like, surprise, surprise, you didn't ask questions, idiot. Now look where you are. 30 seconds. And then for some reason, he's just, they're all just sitting there and the cops decide to harass them, I guess. I don't know. And so they leave and it turns out these ladies were uh prostitutes and, like, their boss did something bad or something. I mean, he's a pimp, so just in general, I guess he's bad. And so they rob him or something. 10 seconds. I don't know. I guess they rob him and... I, well, at least one of them gets away with it because everybody else dies, and they ride. They robbed him,
0: right? And like, that's time. I is guess? that what happened? I guess
1: that was the whole point. Was they were going to rob him, right? Like,
0: I think I don't. I don't really know what the end game was. I don't. Let me let me look know, at man. the actual like plot hmm. of this movie.
1: Um, some goofy broads in this movie.
0: Anna's whole team rob Arcady's friends and friends. Oh, so, so they're not robbing him. They're robbing all the people around him and framing him so that they uh, will come after him so that all the people that were on his side and all the people that, like, killed all those, you know, people in cold blood at the beginning of the movie will turn on their, their leader oh, like, and kill
1: him. Like the translucent guy on the plane. <laughs> That guy's so white and his hair is so blonde. I feel like I can see right through that, dude. It's really ridiculous. The weird thing is you can. Uh, you absolutely can. That was the, that was,
0: I love the way they age all these people up in this movie. And, you know, I use love fairly, you know, loosely there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because they just put them in long wigs in the flashback and then put them in, like, they have like the the mid 2000s short haircut, like the short nondescript fuck boy haircut um for the rest of the movie and it it oh my god it's terrible so that that actor that character is played yuri or is named yuri and it's played by an actor named yuri (laughs) so you know really they put a lot of thought into this stuff um oh yeah i mean this yeah this movie it look it's not good um it's it's garbage it's and I mean, I'm, I'm sure some of these actors have done some good stuff in uh, in other films, maybe, but maybe. not in this one. No, nope. not in this one. Again, Ray Stevenson is really the only one doing any kind of decent work in this movie. Um,
1: I feel like Ray Stevenson saw the script and he was like, yeah, I'll get paid for this. And you know what? I'm going to have a little bit of fun while I'm doing it too. That and does... accidentally turn in the best performance of the entire film.
0: That does see. I don't think it was an accident on his part. I think he was trying to. Um, But, like... And you can kind of tell that Luke Besson had a hand in writing this script because it's misogynistic as fuck. Um, And pretty gross and really fucking creepy. And no thank you. Um, Yeah. But, like, yeah, he is... I I don't know. Ray, Ray Stevenson is doing some, like, really fucking good work in this. And...
1: He's the only one that has good teeth, too. Like, he's the only one who's been to a dentist, I believe, in this movie.
0: And yeah, so he's like playing like a former special ops um, person who's like his, his cover is that he's a salesman for Evian and that he's like he's just retired and he's just gotten his pension. And he must I mean, the implication is that he was the best of the best, but he gets kidnapped twice in this movie. Twice yeah, very
1: easily to buy a, a trio of idiots.
0: Mm hmm. Like, <laughs> well, the first time it's literally a woman with her trunk open and she's like, yeah. hi, can you help me? And he's like, oh, sure. And then he leans like, over to help her. It's about this. And she just tases him and like, he yeah. just falls into the trunk and she's like, oh, you bought a 900 euro bottle of wine. Expensive taste. Close you in here. Kidnap you
1: most then, dangerous man in europe felled mm-hmm. by a taser
0: and then you like make him believe that you've you make him believe that you've poisoned him when spoiler alert you haven't really like yeah. oh that was a bluff at which you'd think if these guys were any good LOL. at what they do they'd be able to tell these these women were lying like there's just no it's it's bad it's just very bad
1: really um, really bad you
0: have to suspend a lot of disbelief or the movie wants you to think it's smarter than it is, but these people are really not good at what they, any of them, not even the people that you were supposed to be like, well, these are the good ones They're Even they're not that good at what they do. Like, it's just, it really, really unfortunate. And um, it's really unfortunate that this is the movie that the randomizer landed on to talk about Ray Stevenson. Although he's, he's easily the best part of this movie though. That that's clear.
1: Something that struck me is very odd about this film, and I, I was just thinking about it. and I have a few theories: is the police sirens
0: mm-hmm.
1: were American police mm-hmm. sirens? Yeah, police sirens do not sound like that in Europe. No, but at least they didn't twenty years ago when I lived there.
0: They probably still don't. They
1: they, they do a wee woo wee woo wee woo mm-hmm. instead of a wee woo woo woo. And now, because this movie thinks I'm so stupid. No, this movie does not have any respect for you at all. I will just bet that for the American release, they changed the sirens to American sirens so idiot Americans wouldn't get confused and, like, short-circuit and die because they didn't understand what this crazy siren sound was. Yeah, which,
0: uh, honestly, not surprising to me
1: at all. I would not be surprised if that were exactly what
0: happened. I mean, it's the same reason why when you film, like, a movie or, like, a scene— where like you're supposed to see that like the air conditioner is kicking on in a room, they'll show you a picture of the they'll, they'll show you a shot of the vent, and there are little ribbons tied to the vent so you can see that there's air coming out of it because you can't trust the audience yeah. to understand that there's air coming out of there unless they can see that the air is moving like it's really fucking insulting,
1: yep you gotta i mean there are dummies out there, but you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta give your audience a little credit man, and if there's a dummy out there that Doesn't get it. I'm sure they're sitting next to somebody who could probably explain it to him. Right. No offense to dummies. I'm a dummy most of the time myself.
0: Right. But like, I don't think anyone's this dumb (laughs) as dumb as this movie wants them to be.
1: Not anybody that should be watching movies. No. Mm
0: -mm. Like this. So this movie was originally written as just a part of the transporter franchise. It was supposed to be, a Jason Statham movie, Transporter 4. Just,
1: just another chapter in the Transporter franchise.
0: And um, Business Statham, as usual. Statham had only signed on for three films originally, so they had to get him to re-up his contract. And by that point, let's see where Statham is around this time, because Statham's he the wanted, reason
1: Well, he wanted, he wanted to a, get paid what he was worth.
0: Exactly. Like, And they so, were
1: not willing to do that.
0: So I've been a fan of Statham's since Lockstock. Like, Girl Me Too. Absolutely. Like that is, and of course, before that, he is in like he's a swimmer. Like, before that, he is a swimmer. Yep. Like, he's, he's a professional swimmer. His first film is Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. He follows that up with Snatch, which I would argue is the best Guy Ritchie movie. He's in future episodes Agreed. of his podcast, John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars.
1: Because Snatch uh, is just like Lockstock, that's had had the, the script tweaked to perfection mm-hmm. and enough experience to make it exactly the way it needed to be made. Exactly.
0: And you've also, you can afford bigger named at, you. You can afford, you know, some talent from other places like fucking Dennis Farina,
1: um, Brad Pitt for, for, for the right. crying in the mud.
0: Yeah. Like you, you can, you can afford some better, some better performers. Uh, he's in the Jet Li film. The one, uh, 2002 yeah. is the transporter, which is his first, like, Lead role in a film. The next year, he's in F. Gary Gray's The Italian Job, which we've covered on this podcast before. The year after that, he's in the aforementioned Michael Mann's Collateral, which is a fucking great movie. Absolutely, um, a, a movie that we mentioned on our upcoming what are What are we watching? Episode on Patreon. Cellular. He's in that.
1: Um, in
0: 2005, he does Transporter Two.
1: That's Larry Cohen's Cellular yes but you got to, i mean come on he's a legend you got to mention him when you mention cellular
0: i mean I, i'm sorry I, 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 I thought you were gonna pop in and do that but and then i was did, gonna so. and then i
1: forgot and then i did so here we are we figured it out um we he's in it.
0: the terrible guy richie follow up to uh snatch revolver revolver sucks
1: i didn't see that because it looked like it sucked
0: it it does in fact suck um
1: turns out i'm a good judge of that kind of stuff
0: apparently um he's in crank he's in uva bulls in the name of the king he's in war um so he's he's slowly transporter three he's uh is in 2008 he does the paul w sanderson remake of death race the year before um the sequel to crank and then in 2010 he's in the expendables and that kind of puts him in this pantheon of action stars up there with lundgren and Stallone and Jet lee and you know the other guys in that movie like it puts him in this upper echelon so when they go to make this movie in like 2011 when they're trying to like start to nail him down um after that you know he follows that up with Expendables 2 in 2012 uh, Fast and Furious 6 in, and he's in that tail that, end of that he? in 2013. So like he's, he's on the way up, like, and he knows it. So when they're trying to court him for a fourth transporter film, he's like, well, I, I need 11 million because that's what he's making a pick. That's what he's a leading man. That's what he's pulling yeah. down a picture now. And Europa Corp, the, the corporation that funds these movies said, um, let's not do that. So instead of paying Statham what he's worth, they go, Back to the drawing board, they redraft the script, and rather than creating a prequel starring a, a younger version, they're like, let's just reboot it. Let's just start it over again, Um, like, seven years after the last one, which is some um, uh Spider-Man 3 Amazing Spider-Man level shit, like, nope. in terms of just, like, really quick reboot turnaround on a thing. And this is not, I would say, a franchise that is – I'm going to check the numbers on this, but I don't think this is a franchise that people are like – breaking down their doors to like go see like i think it's it's a passable action franchise but it's not I don't like know. doing it fast was, and furious numbers is it
1: it was a big deal i feel like at least the first couple were i know that first one did really well in the theaters and then when it hit video it just fucking exploded everybody i knew had the transport on dvd i probably had it at one point
0: hmm I'm
1: it was a big to, deal it's a big I'm, big franchise i'm
0: OK, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll, uh, on some level, I'm going to have to take your word on that. But like, uh-huh. I just I well, OK, here's so I've got the numbers here. um, okay. um So, I mean, the third movie in that franchise made one hundred and twelve million worldwide. But domestic, these films are not huge earners. They're earning a lot of their money overseas. The first one only made about forty forty four million worldwide. The second one doubles that eighty nine million. So these movies do get progressively better in their worldwide box office, but most of their money, like they're making half of what they're making worldwide in the United States. So I think these are bigger earners in Europe than they are well, in the, there's in the that. States. And,
1: and like I was saying, these movies did very well on home media. Mm. I would, I think that the, the need or the urge to make sequels to these movies up until refueled came out, was based pretty much on the home media sales. Like they're making decent money in the theaters enough to put them in the theaters. Right. But then once they hit video, they were just raking it in, man. Everybody had these, everybody has these movies.
0: I, and I guess, I I mean, I never did, but I guess that makes sense. Um, Yeah. I'm looking at the, the opening weekend for this and oof, these numbers. uh, Not great. (laughs) Not great for this movie, but yeah,
1: it not great for the franchise either
0: no i mean the franchise itself earns domestically about 116 million um just just in in domestic box office which is not great um and that's like also the entire i mean but that's the entire franchise that's four movies yeah
1: yeah
0: um so i mean theatrically is not where these these things are, are really earning um, they're earning, like you said, more on, on the, on the home video markets. So yeah, as a result of that, you're not really seeing the, I don't know. You're not, you're not really seeing these, these pick up quite as well, um, in, in theaters. And this one I think is just kind of a disappoint seen as a disappointment kind of across the board. And I think a lot of that is just the nonsensical storytelling, the really convoluted plot Um, The rampant misogyny, which I think by 2015 is hopefully going out of style, at least a little bit Um, like this. This feels like all the worst things that an action movie can kind of put together. And in terms of like nonsensical plot, I told you this before we started. It really reminded me of The November Man, because like The November Man, I have no recollection of what this movie was even really about. Um, And I watched The November Man. I recorded a whole fucking podcast on The November Man. I could not tell you what that movie was about. And I I feel the same way about this one.
1: I'll bet. Uh, No,
0: you know why they call him the November Man, Tucker? You know why they call him the November Man?
1: Why, dude? Because there
0: was nothing left. That's a line in the movie, and it made no fucking sense to me at the time, and it makes no fucking sense to me now.
1: Okay, I guess I'll just have to accept that, I guess. All right.
0: Well, we we talk about it extensively on that episode, an episode that I always encourage people to go back and listen to. And no one ever does, um, because I was really proud of that episode at the time. Obviously, we recorded so many better episodes. But at the time, I I felt more strongly about that that episode than any of the episodes that preceded it. And it, I think that is our least downloaded episode of all time is the, the on Pierce Brosnan's The November Man. Oh That's fun. Yeah, it is. And but I should this,
1: probably watch that or listen to that one. I mean, it both.
0: Boy, porcini no Dose. Um, But you, you were kind of ranting in the in the text thread about how much you disliked this movie, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be fine because I sat through Food Fight, and I cannot imagine this is gonna be worse than Food Fight. You know what? It's 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 definitely better than Food Fight. I'll it's take definitely word for that. better than Food Fight. We're gonna have to make you watch Food Fight one of these days. We we are. I want to. It, it's gonna have I'm to happen. I'm
1: actively seeking out a time and a place to make it happen because I I need that context.
0: I mean, you're you're gonna be hard pressed to get Brett to sit down and watch that movie again. Well, I, I feel like I feel like we should we should set up a, a live commentary and watch you watch that movie, and that should just and we should maybe just edit like edit it together to like listen to you slowly go insane as you watch that movie.
1: No, you know what i would do just to spite you is i would pretend like you really
0: enjoyed it yeah
1: yeah yeah i can 23 skidoo some shit i like about something even if i don't actually like it i believe that try me steven try me
0: okay what'd you (laughs) like about the transporter refueled
1: oh i can't not on that
0: yeah okay so much for your 23 skidoo huh
1: not on not on this uh not not today
0: not like this
1: not like this steven not like this (laughs) That was not a setup for you to ask me to do that right now. Not at all. Well, look, man, it it, you read that wrong. I
0: look, man, it it felt like the right thing to do, and uh, Uh, you know
1: what is really good about this film though is the practical effects. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're really good. It's just a goddamn shame that the director did not know how to shoot them because all those scenes look like garbage.
0: Which is weird because this guy's an editor, so you'd think he would know how to shoot coverage and shoot for something to be edited together. It makes no right? sense. It's like a cinematographer making a movie that looks like bullshit, like dog shit. Like it, well, you, you can't, you can't like you're a cinematographer. Yeah. Like you, you should be able to do this, but like, and I you think have one part, job. Of, part of the problem is that this guy's editing shitty action movies. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he seems like a, a, a Luke Besson Europa Corp, like company player. And, you know,
1: stooge, he, if you will if you will. And I th-
0: <laughs> it feels like that's kind of the way that he got to where he is. Yep. Which, I mean, he's directed three movies. Brick Mansions, The Transporter Refueled, and something called Assassin Club, which came out earlier this year. Um, Yeehaw. um Like, look, man, I don't get it. Whatever. But no, th- it's bad. I mean, Assassin's Club does have Sam Neill in it. Uh yeah, Numi Rapace well. from the the Swedish um the uh the the Swedish um Girl with the Dragon tattoo movies. Uh Daniela Melchior from The Suicide Squad, Henry Golding, like it's got a decent, decent top line cast, but I don't want to see it. Eh. <laughs> I don't I don't want to watch it.
1: It has the, a 27 on Metacritic. The,
0: the the which is lower than this movie has. The poster looks like something I would find at a red box. Like a movie that uh, would just poster, come direct to Redbox.
1: Uh, that poster design started with the movie Inside Job, and they've been ripping it off since then. Every other action movie, every other direct-to-video action movie has that exact same font, layout, and everything. That's all posters are now. Somebody inside comes Job up with a good or Inside one, Man? Oh, hold on.
0: If you're talking about the Spike Lee movie with Clive Owen and Denzel Washington, that is Inside
1: Man, and it fucking rips. Well, I'm not. Oh, oh, nope. What am I thinking of then? I have no What's idea. What's the poster I'm thinking of?
0: Shit. Well, who's in the movie? I
1: don't know, Maybe. man. I should remember the poster.
0: You don't remember who's on it?
1: No, because there have been so many retreads of it since then. I mean, sure. all jumbled together as one poster doesn't matter I do I do appreciate the first three transporter posters where it's it's Jason Statham jumping through the air pointing two guns mm-hmm. Jason Statham jumping through the air pointing two guns and then there's a girl there too and then Jason Statham jumping through the air and pointing two guns and there's a little car and I think another woman yeah they keep it consistent. Whereas
0: this movie varies, features Ed Screen consistent. standing with his back to the camera uh, and some cars exploding on his suit jacket.
1: This is not a movie poster. This is a video game. This is video game box art right here. I don't it know what kind the fuck of they're is. doing trying to pass this off as a movie poster. That's that's a that's a need for speed box right there.
0: Need for speed. Future episode of this podcast. We're there. They made a movie of that and we're going to cover it.
1: Oh, yeah, I always wanted to see the good or ill. I always was interested in seeing how they interpreted that. We'll probably cover that that
0: one uh, when the next Fast and Furious movie comes out. And then if they've not made a sequel, by the time the last one comes out to Hobbs and Shaw, we'll cover Hobbs and Shaw then. How's that sound?
1: I do not want to watch that movie, but, you know, for the pod.
0: For the pod. Look, we've watched a ton of shit I've not wanted to watch, but look, man, duty calls duty <laughs> like I said poop. duty <laughs> exactly exactly like poop That's like funny. like this movie um like this, this movie mo- yes this of steaming
1: pile of shit
0: uh, yes. it's not good look it's not good um it's it's currently on max uh or hbo max if you're one of those people that re- like people who called the rca dome the hoosier dome until the day it was torn steven, down
1: steven we still call it deer creek it's hbo max come on <laughs>
0: oh what is it supposed what is it actually now it's like clips or something
1: i don't know last time i was there it was verizon wireless music center so that tells you how long ago it was that i've been there it's changed
0: hands a couple times since then
1: i think last time i went there was like a warp tour like in 2003 or something
0: mm -hmm. it's and it's like uh Fieldhouse isn't and canseco and it, it changed a banker's life and it's not even that anymore it's like Fidelity Mutual or some shit like Fieldhouse. Like now it's
1: bitcoin.com Fieldhouse or some shit. Some some It's like wish.com Fieldhouse.
0: Rancid cursed ass bullshit, yeah. Um yeah. It, oh god, I hate it. Um let's let's talk about how this movie did in the box office cuz I feel like we should probably wrap this up. Um Yeah,
1: why not? Because like um, we're just i'm just gonna say how much i hate it over and look, over again like
0: look and i we've we've talked about we've we've talked about ray stevenson who is the best part of this movie who's the reason we're covering this movie like he's he's doing the lord's work in this movie and he's still not able to salvage this p this turd um it's oh, it's not even as good you, as sorry, the go november man like uh one of the reviews said if you liked uh hitman agent 47 but wished it was like decidedly more pg boy have i got a movie for or pg 13 boy have i got a movie for you um which we've not well, seen hitman agent 47 that one's forthcoming we're covering that one at some other point but
1: i'm excited probably when to the next john one, wick movie comes out i know it's gonna suck but i'm, yeah, I'm probably excited will. to see it
0: well yeah now you're playing the hitman video game series so
1: i am i am uh i'm stuck on the last level of the first game where i am in a secluded hospital for rich people like Mm -hmm. an off the grid kind of hospital and i have to kill this dude that has uh who's the main bad guy of the game and i have to kill his lawyer Mm -hmm. and i just i can't it's it's a really really hard level because you don't get anything at the beginning. You're just a person in a hospital. And, like, obtaining weapons and figuring out how to get where you need to go and what disguises you need to get into which part, it's it's maddening. It's fun. Sure. It's kind of The whole point of the game is you play the level over and over until you kind of figure out your options. Hmm. You do have to be creative. There's never just one way to do anything. There's always several ways to do it. Right, but you familiarize yourself kind of with what's around, who's going to be here at this time, and something the movie. And really
0: I, I think we mentioned on that episode something the movie doesn't ever really do a good job
1: of. Conveying. No, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame because I, I mean, and with Agent Forty Seven, I've heard that that's really bad too. And I just keep wondering how how do you keep fucking it up? It's right there. It's right there. The cutscenes in the game are better than that movie. Like I leagues it. better than and that movie. Like,
0: and I think I mentioned on that, Timothy Oliphant, the wrong choice for, to lead that movie. Like the
1: Unfortunately, wrong. we, we love us some Timothy Oliphant. We do. Oh, yes. Respect.
0: Respect on it. But
1: not hit, man. It Should've passed they that tr- one up, bud.
0: They really tried to make him an action guy. And I don't think that's the mode he's bet. Like, honestly, I love him as I, I think he justified what I've seen of the show. Justified. He's really good in,
1: Oh yeah, but he can I, be a badass. He can certainly I be a badass.
0: Really love him in Santa Clarita Diet where he's playing like the goofy husband. And I think I mentioned that on that episode, but like just I love that kind of goofy, silly energy from him. And he that that may be one of my favorite roles that he's taken because it's so against what I normally think about with him and he's doing it really well. He was on an episode of Rick and Morty. I watched the other day. And as soon as we realized he was in it, we picked his voice out immediately and we had a blast just watching him be goofy in that show. Like it's really fun. So I don't know, man, but uh, so yeah, this movie transporter refueled, we really don't want to talk about this movie in any context. Um, This movie comes out on September 4th 2015 it opens at number four in the box office opening to 7.4 million dollars domestically it earns a total of about 16 million domestic another 54 million worldwide uh, for about a 70 million worldwide box office which is um, uh, let me check my notes here bad uh, if you are trying to reboot a franchise uh, particularly a franchise where the last entry made over a hundred million worldwide. I mean, these aren't huge money makers, but, you know, if you make them at a small enough budget, you're going to get a decent return on your investment. So.
1: And for a European action film that's so very extremely Europe centric mm-hmm. for it to do so well in America, especially among the demographic that it did, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. It's a it big, is. big deal. That's the reason Jason Statham is a household name exactly is the first transporter movie for sure
0: it really is and like he and he parlays that into continued successes like and kind of makes that brand of and he is maybe the last action star where where action movies are now like everything's done on green screens i would you know like he and probably keanu are our last two great action stars well i don't know if you're doing it the same way
1: I don't know if you know this, Steven, but in the first Transporter movie, your boy Jason Statham does about 90% of the driving himself. Nice. So, like, that's what I like about an action star is somebody who's not afraid to go in there and get their hands dirty.
0: Well, and that's why he's, like, adamantly on record as refusing to even meet with Marvel is because I don't, you know, I, they don't do anything themselves. Like, there's there's no real performance there. Like, you just kind of come in and and just say the lines, like what you don't get a guy like me to do that like you need I want to be doing the action I want to be challenging yeah. myself otherwise what's the point and you know what mad respect
1: yeah and you know I I do agree with you but you would be surprised uh how much of Marvel movies actually are practical it, like watching the the behind the scenes stuff on Disney plus it's it's amazing how much of it actually is practical especially stuff like a uh, multiverse of madness like that just well, looks like I, a huge, like CGI fuck fest, but no, it depends like on 75% practical. It depends like, on the, the filmmaker.
0: Same. Like Sam Raimi is a very tactile filmmaker who loves practical effects. Whereas I don't know that I could say the same for someone like a Peyton Reed or a, a Joe and Anthony Russo, you know?
1: Well, and I, I think, I think it depends on the movie too, because something like quantum mania, you couldn't, you couldn't do that practical like that has to be like all green screen
0: i was gonna say i saw that nature, one last week i, I of didn't of mention film. that one on our well, or what are we watching episode but i did see quantum mania this past week and yeah that movie is like cgi colon the film
1: yeah and i'm it it has to be because of where they are sure and what they're doing i did appreciate that um there were a lot of what, what did remind me a lot of star wars about it was a lot of the practical creature designs mm-hmm. I quite enjoyed. And I don't think what what I think was great about quantum mania. The fact that it was like hundred percent CGI is that the practical stuff blended perfectly. So it didn't mm-hmm. stick out. So yeah. big ups to the CG artists, big ups to the practical effects guys, everybody worked really well together. And I think made a really good looking movie at least for my money, which is a Disney plus subscription that I don't even pay for.
0: There you go. So <laughs> nice work. Nice work. If you can get it. Um, so this movie comes out, it opens at number four. Number one this week is, uh, it's one of those movies that I absolutely despise. One of those faithful films, uh, called war room. Uh, what if there was a war room where like we, we pray. And so God fights our battles for us or something. I don't know. One of those, uh, hopefully your enemy's
1: not praying because then God has to choose. (laughs) Who's it gonna be? Which sports team is he gonna back this week, Stephen? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> it.
0: That's it. Um, uh In second place, the F Gary Gray film Straight Outta Compton.
1: Hey, I hey. like that movie.
0: Good movie, which is in, it, in, movie. in its four weeks of release has earned almost 150 million at the box office. So that movie is yes. doing very well for itself. I was um, at
1: the theater that week because I saw that opening weekend. So we're talking about. Well, this is I this is it.
0: this is four weeks in, but yeah. I had
1: seen it four weeks ago. There you at go. At this point.
0: <laughs> uh, in third place, you've got a little movie called A Walk in the Woods. What if what if there was a walk in the woods?
1: What if uh, in took fourth... a walk in the woods? I
0: don't know. What, what, what if that happened? What, what Watch that the movie like? and find out. I guess Um, fourth place, as we said, transporter refueled in fifth place, a a vastly superior action movie, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which is in its six weeks at the box office has earned over one hundred and eighty million dollars. So, again, doing very well Uh, in sixth place, the Weinstein Company film, No Escape. Ugh.
1: I don't even know what that is.
0: I don't either. What if there was no escape? What
1: What if you couldn't escape?
0: What is I'm, that? I'm I'm trying to to open the film now. Um, oh God, this poster is telling me nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is it floating heads, Stephen? Is it floating heads?
0: It's 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 a couple of. It looks like there's a war scene or something across the bottom, and there's two guys, one of whom might be carrying something, and the other guy's definitely holding a gun. Um, it looks like it's Owen Wilson, Lake Bell, Pierce Brosnan, um, d- uh, directed by. Uh, Someone named John Eric Dowdle, who I've never heard of, who is also the screenwriter along with someone named Drew Dowdle. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what this is, and I will probably never find out. Whatever. Um, mm, shrug. In se, in seventh place, down from number six in four weeks, is the uh, speaking of you know movies involving terrible people, the Army Hammer film, A Man from Uncle, uh, which we will we can absolutely cover one of these days on the main feed if we decide. I heard to- that's
1: real good though.
0: I mean, it's Guy Ritchie movie. Um, with sometimes uh, those are good. Army Hammering and, and Henry Cavill. Like your mileage may vary. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're not. It's a late entry one, so I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see.
1: Now, is it just be It's that his parents thought it was funny that it sounds like Arm and Hammer, like the baking soda, right? No, That's what they were so, doing right.
0: No, so his. So I just I like uh, if you listen to our forthcoming yeah. Patreon episode on. Um, what are we watching? You'll see that I watched a documentary series called House of Hammer. He's named after his great grandfather, Armand Hammer, who himself is named because his father, Julius Hammer, was the founder of the American Communist Party. A oh, word. So, Armand Hammer, who uh, becomes the, the founder of um, the 11th largest oil company in America, Occidental Oil um is named after a communist symbol of the arm and hammer um which and he has absolutely nothing to do with the baking soda
1: but that's their symbol too is an arm and hammer correct you put it in your fridge for like a month Mm -hmm. i've got one in my fridge right now no
0: but yeah no different no has has nothing to do with the actual baking soda just a, a very weird coincidence
1: he knows how silly that sounds, though, right? Like he could change. Oh, it. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, he could. But again, it's like, you know, you're you've got a dynastic name from a, you know, a dynasty up there with like the fucking Vanderbilt, Vanderbilts and Rockefellers. You're you're not going to change that. Otherwise, you piss wanna, off the sources of power that are going to give you all their money when they
1: die. You want to show off that oil mogul Russia or not Russian uh, communist dictatorship background. Mm-hmm. Got it. You want to really fly that flag high.
0: Yeah, well, I mean when your when your great-grandfather flies in the face of that and becomes one of the one of the most influential and powerful capitalists in the country, um shrug, Yay. I guess.
1: Yay. Yay capitalism. Yay.
0: Um and then you know, but he he wears that name like a badge of honor, which is how he um insisted his victims wear the the symbols of his abuse. So Army Hammer is a fucking just, gross guy. Just he's, like he's that. he's a man. deplorable human being. Um, yep. In eighth place, we've got Sinister, the uh, Sinister Two, um, which is the sequel to the Scott Derrickson film Sinister. In ninth place, um, a Spanish film called Or Yeah Un Gallo con Muchos Huevos, um, which is a chicken, um, uh, or it's a, it's a, looks like a children's film, the chicken with a lot of eggs. Eggs, okay. Uh, I think I literally I have n- I know nothing about this movie.
1: No, um, no, I've never heard of
0: it. I have no fucking clue what this is. Uh, that is wild. That is in ninth place. It has earned about three point four million in three hundred ninety five theaters So not even in wide release. And in 10th place, a movie that was in much wider release um, inside out, which has earned over three, almost three hundred and fifty million at the box office. No, um, hanging
1: on by it. It's probably still in theaters some
0: some notable entries in the in the 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 lower portion uh you've got ant-man uh in number 12 we were just talking about quantum mania in 12th place um or having earned 173 million jurassic world uh down from nine the week before at 13 which has earned 600 and almost 650 million worldwide in 13 weeks and then in 15 uh 15th place down from seven the week before only having been out for three weeks uh hitman agent 47 a movie that we referenced not that long ago too so nice Yeah, just it all comes together. Um, The Tomatometer score on this one is a Uh, fifteen percent. Transporter Transporter Refueled has little to offer beyond a handful of decent action scenes, leaving this reboot's title feeling more like wishful thinking than a statement of than a restatement of purpose. Um, I would say replace action scenes with Ray Stevenson, and you you're pretty much right. But yeah,
1: yeah, the action scenes, like I said, had a lot of really cool. Uh, practical effects because they were crashed all those cars and stuff and that was Mm -hmm. cool but they looked it looked like ass it did they couldn't even do that air that airplane one that was that should have been a simple one to do and make it look awesome yeah but no it looked like fucking garbage
0: it did it looked and that one's clearly like a um that was clearly like a fast and furious homage kind of thing oh yeah Um, for sure i'm pretty sure that the the fast and furious uh fast five I think or fast six the joke is like that runway goes on forever and that's kind of what we get in this movie like that runway goes on forever uh, um the meta score is 32 based on generally unfavorable reviews from 24 critics and the letterbox score is a 2.1 tucker out of five stars how are you scoring 2015's the transporter refueled
1: I guess a one star
0: I'll give it a one and a half um is not good but you know oh. I'm glad we watched it. So now we don't have to like dread watching it in the future.
1: Now, uh, are we going to watch three more Ray Stevenson movies this month?
0: No, we actually oh. had, a.
1: we're going to watch toy commercials instead. Damn it. Yeah.
0: So we, we have, we had a theme month planned. We had another entry, but we, we did kind of push one entry off of our theme month list because, uh, we did want to eulogize Ray Stevenson, Um, An actor that Brett and I really enjoy and Tucker has never heard of. Um, Well,
1: now I'm I'm a fan of him now. I really liked his performance in this film. If he does work like this in other movies and in other shitty movies, I'm into it.
0: Like I remember there's a story that uh, Griffin Newman from the Blank Check podcast likes to tell a lot about uh, him on the movie Thor. Where Kenneth Branagh, who directed that movie, is like trying to get him to go like a little bigger. He's like, you know, this is a Shakespearean. You can go, you know, a little bigger with this. And he goes, ah, so uh, I guess you're wanting me to go ahead and take a dip in the river of ham. Um, to which Kenneth Branagh laughed and said, ah, yes, a river I've enjoyed myself a number of times. And <laughs> that is kind of where that performance is in that movie, and I think Hell a place yeah. where Ray Stevenson is very comfortable and obviously very good at kind of luxuriating in that river of ham and so that's the reason we're covering this um, for a man who is uh, who is stated earlier on this podcast that he has no problem with advertisements you seem really angry about having to do the rest of this month being
1: feature length toy commercials um, because it's the lowest form of entertainment like I was I look I was hypnotized I don't know. by got it got when mine? I was a kid I oh, you'd be nice. When that's done well, it's very interesting and fun to watch.
0: But how often is it done well?
1: Not often. But um I think eighties cartoons after uh it was deregulated how you could advertise to children. Thanks, mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Um We're gonna look. All, we're gonna get into all of this next week. It's all it's all garbage. It's all even the ones I liked as a kid, fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. The lowest form of entertainment. So little effort went into, except for the animation, so little effort went into every part of it. Uh, it was the toy companies, uh, they drove the narrative with different toys. Like, if you're ever watching like Ninja Turtles and for some reason they go do something that they have no business doing and they have to put on different costumes or drive a different vehicle, guess what? Playmates wants to sell a new toy, bitches. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's the lowest form of entertainment, and it's it, it's like this movie in a way to where it just thinks you're fucking brain dead. So buckle up, guys, for the rest of this so we've month.
0: So got, we've got four more weeks of that, and really, literally, we had to put like a carrot at the end of this month to get Tucker through it, because
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: he's very high maintenance so we that light we, at
1: the end of the we, tunnel
0: we've got to make so many concessions for him that brett and i never had to make for ourselves but <laughs> but uh so yeah. buckle up we do have um so that's that's what you can expect for the rest of of this month and we have uh, we're closing out the month with some of our favorite guests so it's going to be a good time we've got guests who we got we i will tell you off mic you know who we've got because I've mentioned it several times. Oh. So.
1: Yeah, but I only listen to about thirty percent of what anyone says. That
0: but... tracks. Yeah. So not on anyway. purpose,
1: it's just it's just how my brain works. I'm I'm not. It's not a malicious thing. I'm not like you suck, so I'm not listening to you. It's just my brain just filters out whatever it decides it wants to
0: well i think there's also a part of you that's like because i do this too you're like you stop paying attention because you're trying to think of like you're trying to keep in mind the next thing you want to say so you're like oh oh i gotta i got a thing i want to mm, finish talking so i can talk
1: that's true and but I, I still do try to i don't i understand that you know waiting for your turn to talk is not always the best way to have a conversation but i Always try to stay into what the other person is saying, right? While maintaining the thought that I'm having, the same because I, I very I often wanna, I, that thought will get you know.
0: derailed. Yeah, but no, I get it. I get and again, I do. I do the same thing. I try not to do it on this podcast because that's just a bad way to to live a life. But you know, in in kind of everyday conversation, I find myself doing it a lot more. But, yeah, there you go. Um, so that is our episode on the Transporter Refueled. And, uh, Tucker, we have some mail.
1: Oh, we got mail. We've got, we got mail. Mail. We
0: got some mail a, a few days ago. And I think this is because we had mentioned on a previous episode the new Transformers movie
1: coming out. Mm-hmm. Um. Beast Wars um aka we ran out of Transformers ideas.
0: Right. Uh but this is from a friend of the podcast, future guest, uh patron and uh college friend of mine, uh Andy And greetings. all around good guy. He is actually. He's a, he's a, he's, a, he's a he's a good fellow. Uh Andy Greetings. And um he does say I love me some Beast Wars so I'm actually looking forward to the next movie. Um and then He mentions you specifically. Tucker doesn't get robots turning into dinosaurs, but he likes McDonald's products turning into robots. How about McDonald's products turning into dinosaurs? And he sends us to link to McDonald's toys called the McDino changeables. Tucker, did you get a chance to look at this link?
1: No, my mouse stopped working.
0: I am going to send this link in the chat. If your mouse starts working, I would love to get your reaction to some of these live on the pod.
1: I have to do a quick battery change. Oh no. Send the link. I oh, did. Oh man, it's in, it's if only, only I had this on I have it uh, I have our chat window on my monitor proper, not on my touchscreen. So
0: that's
1: mm. a, Luckily I have two mouses here since I run Oh Isn't shit Isn't the that portal takes a of the mouse. Nice.
0: Ah. Curses.
1: Not when it not when it comes to um Computer mouses.
0: Computer mice?
1: No. Computer mouses. Steven. Damn it. I don't want this to take so long that I'm going to have to edit. Hold on. I was going to say, I think you're going to have go. to edit. No, okay. no. Keep talking, Steven. We're so close. I'm almost there. Title of my sex tape. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Don't stop, Steven. Don't stop. Oh, it's happening. How,
0: how dare you expect me to continue on these conditions? <laughs>
1: Also title of my
0: sex tape. Right, yeah. That's probably okay, more title than mine, but yeah.
1: We're back! Okay, McDino Changeables. Uh, there's currently no text on this page. Search for... Oh, is it loading something, or is this a joke link? It's,
0: no, this is a wiki uh, to the Kids Meal Wiki, uh, which is uh, on the Fandom Wiki page, which is a kind of a build-your-own-wiki site. Um.
1: Oh, yeah, and- everybody gets a wiki, the site.
0: Yeah. In June, 1991, McDonald's offered a set of eight transforming toys, McDino changeables. The set had two under three toys that didn't transform. The toys were cleverly constructed puzzles, models of popular McDonald's food items that opened into dinosaur like creatures. The toys were packed with instructions to transform the toy. The toys are marked uh, copyright 1990 McDonald's Corp China part number. Uh, the toys included the McDino cone, the tri shake tops, Big Macosaurus Rex, Hot Cakes Adactyl, Quarter Pounder with Cheese Aur, McNuggets Happy Mealodon, Fry Ceratops, Small Fry Ceratops for the Under Three Crowd, and the Bronto Cheeseburger, also for the Under Three Crowd. And oh, then yeah. there are these some are... pictures of these of these toys here at the bottom. Yeah,
1: I remember these. These are basically just a retooling of the um the ones that turned into robots. They just replaced them. These are literally pretty much the same, mm-hmm. except they're dinosaurs now instead of robots. So what was the question? What am I supposed to react to?
0: Um, so, so the, the, the notion is you, you, you don't like, or I think w- what he says is, uh, Tucker doesn't like robots turning into dinosaurs, but he likes McDonald's products turning into robots. How about McDonald's products turning into robots or into dinosaurs? Well,
1: there's – there's, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. McDonald's products. I don't put a lot of thought into Happy Meal toys. Okay. <laughs> that's the thing. Like if you're presenting something to me as an intellectual property, here's Transformers, and now they turn into monkeys and shit. That's dumb. But if I go to McDonald's, get a Happy Meal, and there's a French fry that turns into a dinosaur, that's cool. You're not here trying you to go. sell me lore or, like, a whole continuity. No, I you're not so trying wish, to make it make sense. I
0: so wish Brett were <laughs> here right now. Like, you have no too. idea how much I wish Brett were here right now, because I know he'd have shit to say about all this.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't Absolutely.
0: I don't even know if he goes back and listens to these episodes that he's not on either, so I don't know if he's ever going to have a comment on this, but he should. Oh, if you do, hi, Brett. Hi, Brett. We love you, buddy. We wish you were here.
1: We sure do. Uh,
0: we always do. We, we, we're we always sad to be without you, sir. Yep. But yeah, so that is that is that that is that is our that is the mail that we got this week. Uh, thank you, Andy. If you would like to send us some mail as well, you can shoot us an email over at disenfranchpod at gmail.com. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Let us know if there's a, a movie that you want to see us cover on the podcast. Um, you can also, a great way to support us would be to head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash, uh, this in pod, uh, where we have all sorts of stuff going on. We are actually getting rid of the $3 tier on Patreon and we're just sticking with the $5 tier. So now for five bucks, you can see everything, every possible thing that we do. Uh, you can see it all on there for the low, low price of five bucks a month. Uh, and we, we've got like a weekly show that we're doing over there now. So we, we do a show once a week called what are we watching where we talk about, what we've been watching, media that we've been engaging with, what we think about it, our recommendations, et cetera. Uh, so you can absolutely check that out over there. And we've also got our regular shows, our monthly shows, our other shows. Like we've got other stuff over there, and Five Chides. I think the most recent Dis in Five Chides is our top five David Fincher movies. Tucker and I sit down and talk about David Fincher for a little bit.
1: Which I'll edit a, that eventually. Sometime before yeah. the end of the month, I'll get that out.
0: I was going to say, you got a couple days, man. As of this recording.
1: I will, I will figure it out.
0: And this episode drops on June 1st, so hopefully before this episode drops, you've got that sorted, and it's up over there. And actually, just because we're kind of changing stuff up for a little bit, we are now starting today, as of the date this is dropping, if you head over to patreon.com slash disenfranchepod, you will actually see that we're offering a seven-day free trial of our Patreon. So if you want to, like give it a listen, see what's going on back there. See if it's something you want to want to continue to, to be a part of uh, slide on over there, uh, click that free trial button and give us a listen. And we would uh, love to love to have you guys over there. love to give you guys a, a, a peek behind the curtain. And uh, so, you know what you're missing and there's, there's hours of content back there. So you will absolutely get the most out of your seven day free trial for sure.
1: Indeed. It's good stuff. <laughs> Lots stuff happening on the Patreon, man.
0: Absolutely, there's always good stuff happening on the Patreon. Uh, you can follow us on social media. We are disenfranch Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxed, YouTube, and Facebook at disenfranch Pod in all of those places. Uh, so check us out and uh, give us a, a a like, a follow, all that good stuff. Uh, and while you're out, you can follow us individually on social media. I am your host, Stephen Foxworth. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxed at Chewy. Walrus, Tucker, where can we find you?
1: I'm still on YouTube, uh IS909, I C E N I N E, the number zero and the number nine. Uh and I still got my Instagram for my mugs going. Well, you do. You've got it going. I've got um, it
0: going. Tuck underscore mugs is where you can find that.
1: We got four more followers uh oh, look at go. last week. So I think we're gonna we're gonna have Brett come on and and put one of his mugs up here Guess probably month. probably tomorrow which nice. that's monday of this recording right on i'll probably we'll probably have him put that mug on um and i'll probably i think i'm gonna so do you'll every be able to every week if you weeks.
0: head over there now so
1: yeah follow i mean it's 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 uh it's pretty low-key like not stressful content it's just mugs and the stories behind them and what's in them. It's a mug and a story.
0: It's pretty much what it is. And yeah, what's not to like? It's pretty all right.
1: What's uh, so the, that, how do we get to that, Steven? Uh That
0: is uh, tuck underscore mugs on Instagram.
1: Sweet. Yeah, go go check that out. And then
0: you can follow our absent co-host, Brett Wright, on Twitter and – or not Twitter. Uh, Instagram and Letterbox at sus underscore Warlock, and that is where you can find us. So um that is all we have to say about this movie. Uh much to Tucker's great joy, we are (laughs) wrapping it up. Uh and so um this has been our episode on the transporter refueled. I'm your host, Stephen Foxworthy, for Tucker and the absent Brett Wright. Until next time, I have nothing to say here.
1: Shit, me neither.
0: It's over, man. That's that's good enough. This this long national nightmare is over.